You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, yep. Bruce. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'll be alive. Uh-huh. How about yourself? I actually got some sleep last night, so I feel a little bit recharged. You know, I feel kind of nice, and I just kind of oh, took good. it easy today. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do much. Didn't really do much. I did go out and, you know, I did some yard work and all that stuff. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about Chaz, and we'll talk a little bit about it today, I guess, uh, because there's some things that have come out today with it. I don't know. They're, they're negotiating over whether or not they're going to leave the autonomous zone now. So who knows? Because it's a mess in there, right? It's an absolute mess. And you've got the mayor that's. I guess, um, enabling this. You've got the governor that, that are enabling this. They're giving them things like, I mean, me personally, st- you know, just starve them out, right? Just if you want to go away, just starve them out. That's all you got to do. I mean, the situation is going to deteriorate in there because if you look at the videos, these people can't even come to an agreement in and amongst themselves. I suspect we'll get into a little bit of that today. Anyway, you want to lead with North Korea, yes? Sure. What is going on over there? What's their problem now? Well, I would say it's a bit of saber rattling. Kim's sister, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kim Yo Jong. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kim Yo. Okay, so she is basically heading up more or less the saber rattling at this point. And apparently, there was some anti Pyongyang messages sent by balloon across the border from South Korea. Mm-hmm. And North Korea cut communication links two years ago, I believe. Anyway, so they're saying now that they may end up uh, taking some kind of military action against South Korea. Uh, that's kind of what the, the claims are at this point. They're positioning themselves to do some kind of military action and claiming that the, the next action will be taken out by the army. Uh-huh. Well, it's not uncommon for that, uh, that uh, what do they call it, hermit state? It's, it's not uncommon for them to um, saber rattle. Is that how you put it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, say it's not uncommon. Yeah, it's not uncommon for him to do that. I remember when this this girl's father, uh, Kim Jong Il. I remember when he shelled an island, made a lot of people pretty mad. But you know, just what it was, something along the lines of they were having like domestic problems of some kind. So he, I guess he needed to take some focus off. So he ginned up some nonsense about some foreign enemy. So I mean, that, that's just what they do. But you made an interesting point before we actually got started here about who's actually doing the saber rattling. In this case, and I think it bears relevance. What do you mean? I, I said it was his sister at the beginning. Well, um, <laughs> yes, you did say yes, you did say that. But the fact that it is her that's doing it—that's that's oh, a little right. That that's uh, a little concerning. So why is yeah, he doing it? So th- this was uh, a point that was brought out by an expert on North Korean tactics and all that kind of stuff a while back. He had said that whenever you see North Korea take a war positioning. And it's right after uh, Kim Jong-un kind of disappears. It's possible that he's dead, right? That That's that's one of the signs that shows that they're transitioning to a new leader. Part of their constitution more or less says that essentially this is what happens. When, whenever the leader passes away or transfers the leadership to another one, they, they mobilize the military. And it basically, the, the idea is, is it basically keeps the people from revolting. 
it keeps their focus off of whatever's going on at home, you know, and, and kind of deflects away. So that's kind of, there's probably something in North Korea or China, as you had mentioned off recording, that is why they're doing something or, you know, making a tussle, if you will. So, right. You know, now this is just what my take on it, because, you know, what I was, what you and I were discussing before this, my take is just from a geopolitical standpoint, you've got China that are doing everything they can, the CCP, they're doing everything they can to try and take the focus off of them themselves. So the relevance here is North Korea is a is a puppet state of the CCP. That's the point. That's the buffer zone between China and the United States. And you say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Well, we're the biggest ally of the South. If we were to advance all the way to the north, all the way up to the Chinese border, that would put the U.S. on China's doorstep, and they don't want that. It's in China's best interest to make sure that North Korea stay alive. So the thing about this is, is like I said, China's doing everything they can to try and take the focus off of themselves because of what happened in Hong Kong previous to all this. And I'm talking about the pandemic and everything. So they got egg on their faces because they were trying to go into Hong Kong. And then the whole political fight there about autonomy and all that stuff, you know, all that's been a massive failure. What's happening now? The Chinese are now trying to muscle their way into Hong Kong and put in the rule by force. They were not supposed to go into Hong Kong until 2050. They broke the agreement. They're 30 years early. They can't do it yet, but they're just doing it. So what will happen if that happens? You're looking at possibly this is, you know, just my own head. You're looking at possibly a multi-pronged attack from the CCP on Hong Kong, Taiwan, and you'll see the North possibly taking action against the South in some form. I don't know what that would be. At the same time, you have groups in China, you have the CCP with groups in the United States funding this movement, this this Maoist cultural revolution movement in the United States and the United Kingdom to destabilize our countries and pit us against each other. At the same time, they're gearing up with the media organizations. They're hyping all this to give it cover. And they're gearing up with the media organizations right now to do what? A second wave, right? It's already on the way. You know, Beijing's coming out with something this morning saying, oh, they're in wartime footing up there because a new cluster outbreak at a seafood market. Give me a break. Take your pandemic nonsense and go down the road with it, right? We're tired of hearing it, okay? Like that, that the lethality of that is a joke. So go on with whatever you're going to go on with. So we got other things to do. We don't have time for this nonsense. So you people that are in self-preservation mode can all drop dead, in my opinion, because we're tired of hearing it. I think they're going to take some type of military action in that region. I don't know what it is, but the U.S. is the current stabilizing force in that region, and they don't like it. With all this that's going on and everything that I just mentioned, this is all a recipe for disaster, if you ask me. What the way out of this is, I don't know. I'm not a military strategist. I can't tell you. So I don't know. I think at the very least, if we want to try and keep our noses out of it, then we always need to take North Korea seriously in that regard. But as far as with, uh, what's her name? Kim Yo-jong or Kim Jong, whatever her name is. Uh, as far as with her, I would take her more seriously than him if he's still alive. I would take her more seriously, and I'll tell you why. She is his chief propaganda minister. And in my experience, when you read about history and you start reading about totalitarian dictatorships, whatever that might be, the propaganda ministers are usually 10 times worse than the dictator themselves because they're the ones that put forth the policies behind the scenes for the dictator to carry out to maintain that rule, that tyrannical rule. They're the ones that usually are the brains behind the operation. On top of that, She's also a woman in a largely male-dominated society, so she's going to have to be even more ruthless on top of that if she's indeed to take the reins of power. 
I really don't have any other take other than that. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, China has already started their, let's say, non-military takeover. So they they had a here recently. I don't I don't recall if we talked on it or not, but here recently they had a shall we say uh, vote in their parliament. And it was basically the 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 um, delegates were held at gunpoint, basically, and they passed a law that made it illegal to mock or make fun of or critique the national anthem. Right. They're passing, you know, laws without the people say so. So they're already starting it, uh, but it won't be long and they'll they'll probably go in militarily. Honestly, we've seen it a little bit. Yeah. with the, the the police forces going in and whatnot and the, the mounting of military in the area. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that there was an agreement there and the British had to give Hong Kong back, but I think that was a mistake. I mean, it's just it wasn't it wasn't fought hard enough. I'm sorry, but you know, I know it's not my country to say so, but it wasn't fought for hard enough. So if the Chinese wanted to, if the Hong Kong Chinese wanted to remain under British rule, then that's how it should have been. Sorry, but yeah, honestly, even if China goes in and does take it over, there's really not much the rest of the world can do other than sanctions on China. I mean, the idea that they're a nuclear power is, I mean. You can't really do much, especially when they're also the biggest manufacturing country in the world, right? I mean, what are you going to do? You're you going to put sanctions on them, stop business with them. I mean, it's going to hurt your country just as much as theirs, you know? So sanctions don't work it, anyway. It, yeah. Historically, they don't work. Sanctions always lead to war every time. So I agree with you that that's really about the only thing you can do. But at the same time, I, I see that. I mean, there's other options we can take uh, and uh, options I don't really think we should discuss here because (laughs) it's probably not Mm -hmm. appropriate. But there's other options Mm -hmm. that we can take to try and curb that. Okay, this option, maybe this is okay to discuss. And I've mentioned it here before. So work deals, say, behind the scenes through through proxies. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Like we've done countless times everywhere else in the world. If you got factions within Hong Kong, which there are. If you got factions within Hong Kong, the entire nation of Taiwan, uh, for example, we just did a big arms deal with Taiwan because they know that the CCP is a threat. They know. So if we're willing to arm our allies and supply our allies with arms, what's the problem? We did it with the Soviets in World War II against uh, Hitler. It's the same thing here, isn't it? This is the new Nazi regime of today's world, the CCP, right? We did that with Ukraine as well. Uh, gave them some javelins, which are anti-tank mm-hmm. uh, missiles, well, mit- missile launching platforms. But yeah, right, right. Well, anyway, I'm just tossing ideas around here. Anyway, uh, which, like I said, we just did a big arms deal with Taiwan. So I, I mean, I don't see what the big deal is. If we've got factions on the ground in Hong Kong and the Chinese people on top of that, the Chinese people, they know they, they want those people gone more than we do. You know, they, they want the CCP gone. Those people don't want to live under under repression, a repression like that anymore, you know, that was unjustly done to them, that was put in by corrupt Western powers. So the biggest victim of all in all this is the Chinese people. They're the biggest victim in all this. they, They are the ones that are being oppressed by those particular group of gangsters and thugs. So, I mean, they're not communist. They're they're not communist at all. They're corrupt capitalists. That's what they are. So anyway, side issue. But the Chinese people know that they've got a long fight ahead. They, they know that they do. And they, and they want to take that step. They want to be a free and democratic and prosperous society. They want to play by the rules that the rest of the world does. The CCP doesn't. There's a big difference here. 
So when we do talk about China, we do need to make that distinction if I wasn't clear enough. Yeah, I'm not in total agreement with that statement, the, the fact that the Chinese people want out of it. The younger generations have shown signs that they want out. The the older so that think probably like Zoomer age, but the older generations, it's been so ingrained generation after generation to mm -hmm. be subservient, if you will. I'm not really sure they want to be out of that necessarily. Yeah, I could see that point of it. Yeah, I, I could see that point of it. OK, all right. That's fair point. Fair point. You make. Do we want to do Minneapolis and then Chicago and we want to jump? Up? How do you want to do this? Or do we want to talk election our stuff? own our own little CCP? <laughs> Yeah, our own little. Yeah, since we're talking about communism, we might as well, right? So, yeah. first of all, let's go to um, let's go to Minneapolis. The Minneapolis mm -hmm. City Council unanimously votes to get rid of the police, which we knew that was coming. Yeah, the Minneapolis City Council unanimously voted yesterday to dismantle the city's police department as their solution to police violence after Floyd's death. The city council passed a resolution to focus on a community-based public safety system. I can't wait to see what this is. President Lisa Bender, right, that fool that was up there and says, well, you call the... Can we pull that clip? Is that possible? The privilege? Okay, so mm -hmm. Lisa Bender, right? You know what? The, the, the stupidity, the sheer stupidity of this, this, this woman... Okay, the sheer stupidity of this, this, this mentality, this woke mentality, it's suicidal, as far as I can tell. It's suicidal. Okay, I want you, I, we got a clip here of Minneapolis City Council President Lisa Bender. Okay, <laughs> you got to hear this. You have got to hear this. This is what she said about dismantling the police department. Okay, L listen to this, which, by the way, like I said, they just unanimously voted to remove it. So listen to what this creature has to say. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors and I know and, and myself, too. And I know that that comes from a place of privilege, because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. And so in the very immediate, we have to lean into whatever changes we can make in our existing police department. You know, I think we look to cities like Camden, New Jersey, that completely restructured their department as we build up systems. And we've already done that. We have we are not starting from scratch. We have invested in community based safety strategies. We have knowledge in our community across the city. We've done an analysis of all the reasons people call 911 and have looked at ways we can shift the response away from armed police officers into a more appropriate response for mental health calls, um, for some domestic violence calls, for um, health related issues. And so the groundwork is laid already in Minneapolis for us to, to build on that, to learn from folks around the world, but really also to listen to our community and put those community voices front and center as we build up those systems even further. Where do I start with this? This 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 sick individual. This sick individual. You you talk about she she mentioned there about mental health. This woman belongs in a mental institution. I'm not joking. When she says that this comes from a let's start with what she initially said. Calling the police. Doesn't that concern some people? And she says, "Well, yes, we have voices that are concerned." And that comes from a place of privilege. Calling the police comes from a place of privilege. Lady, what what planet were you born on? Because it couldn't have been this one. She's not wrong though. It is an American privilege, American okay, uh, uh, taxpayer all right, all right. privilege oh. to call the police. Oh, my but God. 
That's exactly that, it. That's something American. Like, but it's not. But the way she's making it sound is mm-hmm. the people that call the police are are the ones that are. How can I say it? Well enough off to get the right responses. Let's let's put it that way. This is how I'm seeing it. Right. When she says you, you, it's your privilege. You're right. Uh huh. I see it as more of a if someone breaks into your home is, let's say, grabbing your TV or something. Right. And stealing your stuff and you call the cops. Hey, I'm being robbed. Well, it's your privilege because maybe they don't they're not well enough off and they need they need a TV. Right. Because they can't afford one. So they just go steal it from somebody that can't afford it. See, it's it's wealth redistribution. But, but this isn't this isn't the illegally. Wild West. <laughs> this isn't the Wild West. This isn't all. This is what they're trying to bring. This is just if someone has something that I don't have. Do you know what I say? That's that's awful nice. Uh, Where'd you get that? I'm interested in getting one myself. How much does it cost? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I go and get it myself. That Mm -hmm. see that that's how this works. It's not. Oh well, wait a minute. Um, you you have that uh, that nice TV and you got a 65 inch, right? Okay. Well, I've only got a 32 inch. Well, you know what? I really like that one you've got. You stole that from me, so I'm going to go in and take it. Thanks. Okay. You, you have no ownership of it because, you know, all communism. Right. But yes, on top of, course. of that, you're job privileged. Job privileged. Yeah. All right. Okay. So she says that um, you, you call the police. That comes from a point of privilege. Th- these people. I don't know. Like, I, I'm all for mental rehabilitation, but I'm not sure you can mentally rehabilitate that. I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not sure that you can. And she's not the only one. There's millions of other people that think just like that. And those people vote and they hold political office, as you can clearly see. She's the council president. She's not some neighborhood supervisor. She's the Minneapolis city council president. And she'll probably be the next mayor. And she'll run for governor or Senate two years after that. Who knows? So then she says that if you call the police, then there's a good chance that it's going to do more harm than good. Like every cop that it responds to your to your call is out to kill you. This is another part of this insanity of these people. See, when she talks about replacing these systems and and they're on the process of of building these community-based systems, they're talking about establishing committees that are run by their armed people. You heard me make reference to organizations that they used in the Soviet Union, like the Sheka. Those were secret police that were established under the Bolsheviks. This nonsense that they're doing under this stuff. They're recreating that very system. Case in point, look at this Chaz district or whatever it is out there in Seattle. Same thing. They're recreating the very thing, only it's 10 times worse. They want armies of people that are not beholden to the document that they swear an oath and an allegiance to, which is the U.S. Constitution. That's what those sick people want. Then she says, we have to learn how to deal with domestic violence calls. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Okay, you're going to get rid of law and order and you're going to have somebody respond to a domestic violence call with what? A box of Kleenex? Box of tissues? People that are in domestic violence situations, you know, women, especially battered women, they need that support from the police for protection. They need them to haul that piece of trash out of the house and take him down to jail for one day, two days a month. It doesn't matter. They need that restraining order because they'll more than likely get killed if they stay in that relationship or that situation. Vice versa is the same, though, because men get in a situation. If you try to defend yourself against a violent girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. uh, You go to jail for assaulting her. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue with that. But my point is, is that they're trying to this sick degenerate. She's trying to dismantle law and order like they don't want any. they, They will go with the police now and then tomorrow it'll be the courts. They'll dismantle that court system. They'll put their own system of justice in. They don't want any of this. So you've got people out there. You've got 
police officers, they bring the, the cases to the courts. But see, if you don't have a police department, well, you can reform the, the court system after that, can't you? So the whole system of justice up there, they'll, they'll get rid of all of it. You watch. So domestic violence. OK, there's her solution for domestic violence, which God only knows. Mental health, that type, her type, they have, we talked about it yesterday, they've closed the mental institutions over the course of the last 30 years. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Lisa? You're going to reopen the mental institutions that your your kind of closed? Is that what you're going to do? The, the people with your attitude? Are you going to reopen the mental institutions and give the people the help that they need? Or are you going to create an army of social workers to go out and give them medical treatment out in the street and use the street as an outpatient ward like we're doing already? See, more of the same. So I don't know. There's just the insanity, the insanity of that. I, I mean, I can't even imagine... I can't even imagine how this person wakes up every day and thinks about what they're going to do with themselves. Like what kind of existence? I mean, you know, in the listener, you can't see what this woman looks like, but you can tell when someone is miserable inside. You can tell. And this is a miserable, self-loathing person. This is a miserable, sad, disgusting, degenerate. That's what this person is. And so you're going to project that misery and your whatever complex you've got on the rest of your community up there, lady. You're sick. You're sick. You're sick. If I were in Minneapolis right now, I'd have U-Haul on speed dial. I'd have the Mayflower truck out there, whatever it is, right? North America, whatever. I'd have that moving company there today, today, not tomorrow, now. And I'd be out of that city. I'd be out of that city. You mentioned the Wild West in there. Uh That's what this is going to turn into. If they start getting rid of law enforcement, that's what's going to be. You're going to see more shootings for people that, you know, robberies. You're going to see more people get shot. Yeah. I mean, and what about businesses? It's going to be bad. What what about businesses? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, Okay, if if they're going to. okay, they've already done this. Are you going to transplant the people from Seattle over to where you're at? Is that that what you're going to do? I'm just kind of curious here. Is is that how this is going to work? Because. What you, I mean, you might as well bring in those people. You might as well give them amnesty, right? The city council, they passed the resolution focused on a community-based public safety system. I can't wait to see this. Sunday afternoon, saying that they planned to dismantle their police department. The money for the police will instead go towards a community-based public safety model, according to Reuters. Protesters booed Minneapolis mayor. Get yeah, protesters, right? You hear this? Protesters booed Minneapolis mayor Jacob Fry. Frey, whatever his name is, on Saturday after he's saying he wouldn't abolish the city's police department. Protesters began chanting, go home, Jacob, go home, go home, Jacob. Yeah, whatever. This comes after the words defund the police were painted in the streets of Washington, D.C. next to the words Black Lives Matter. Some Democrats have called for the defunding of law enforcement since Floyd's death. Floyd died in Minneapolis while in custody. Okay, here's the thing. This thing in Minneapolis, this defunding of the police and what's happening in in Seattle right now, the Democrats own that. That's theirs. Sorry. But I mean, they, they own it doesn't matter what they do. They own that now with what Inslee has said, what that useless mayor out in Seattle said. Yeah, you people own this. Biden's going to have to come out and make a statement about this if he's still going to remain on the ticket. It's going to have to happen. You people can't just ignore this. Right. These are the people that you have spun up and now they're out there doing your bidding and you bunch of old hacks that are left over from the 60s that are in office in Congress and in the state houses, you think that you're out there down with the people. These people will gut you like a fish, you fools. Do you do you have any idea the, the amount of 
of animosity that you're building within these groups. Do you think these groups aren't going to come for you? <laughs> Is that really what you think? Are you that stupid? Every time in history, if you're that ignorant of history, then you people deserve everything you get from the mobs. That's all I have to say on it, because that's precisely how history plays out. I'm not stating of, of what's going to happen I'm, like I'm some kind of prophet. That's what's happened every time in history. And you people are that stupid to understand that, it, oh, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. You, you fools. You absolute fools. Biden has already come out and said he's not for defunding the police. OK, well, it's not going to make the left very happy. Uh, it's not going to make their uh, their revolutionaries in the street very happy. Also, to I think as of today, did you get a confirmation on that health and human services on their determination? That was the gender thing, right? Yeah. 21 hours ago. They're claiming it's the Trump administration that did it. But yeah, uh, no longer recognize gender identity as an avenue for sex discrimination in healthcare. So. So, yeah, it's only two genders, according to the uh-huh. health and human okay. services. So health and human services. Yeah, that's another thing that's going to make them mad. Uh, health and human services come out and said that there are only two genders. What are you people going to do now? You're going to scream and spit and crow in the streets? Well, you're already doing it, aren't you? Let me ask you something. Since we're talking about this right now, since since we're on the subject with with these people and we're talking about defunding the police and what's, what it's going to do, it's going to give rise to the warlords of society. I mean, I, that's what I said that from day one. As soon as they brought that concept up, I said, well, you're just handing over authority from the police to warlords. That's all you're doing. And you see that in, mm -hmm. in Seattle. So let me ask mm -hmm. you this. We've been talking the last few days about this Insurrection Act. Mm -hmm. I heard something today that the smartest thing that Trump could do would be let these people fail naturally. Just leave them alone. What would you think about that? So that's kind of what it seems like, for example, the mayor is taking uh, of Seattle. Her her statements are basically this could end up being the summer of love, as she words it. But behind the scenes, I think she's that that's what's going on is they're hoping this will resolve itself. Trump, it will it will give him fuel for the fire, if you will. It'll definitely give him ammunition, uh, but it's that's probably the better political option is to let Seattle mm -hmm. burn itself out, if you will. Mm -hmm. Now, see, because if he goes in with if he goes in with military, it's just going to be a nonstop bashing fest of that. Right, and that that's exactly what they want him to do. I mean, that's that's the position they're putting him in. Is we want you to go in and solve this? I mean, look, you've seen what these men and women can do in uniform. You've seen what they can do. You send in one spec ops team in 10 minutes, they could clean up this mess in 10 minutes with this ragtag group of thugs in there. The John Brown Gun Club, I heard it called. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. This, that's um, an actual group, by the way. What's that? That's an actual group. Is, that's, a, is, that's literally the militant arm of Antifa. They're the yeah, ones that are that's going That's what I said, the John and, Brown and Gun Club. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard him uh, called. So yeah, yeah. They uh, look, I mean, you send in the 82nd Airborne. This problem's done in 10 minutes. I, I, I guarantee you it's it's cleaned up and it's finished. But then again, that's as you said, that's the trap. So do you let it burn itself out? Because as clearly as what's happening right now, they're already fighting amongst themselves and arguing about who's got control. You've got Antifa trying to grab control in there. You've got BLM trying to grab control in there. And it's just a mess. It's a mess. Well, um, Actually, one solution that you could do is actually send the military in, but the military not go in and do anything. The military instead just blockade it. You claim to be your own country. All right. Well, we're, we're cutting off ties to you and, and just let it burn itself out and let them, you know, um, tuck tail and 
run back to uh, back to their nation. Actually, I saw an article today. It came out of uh, CDL Life, which is uh, the truck truckers magazine, uh, truckers uh, mm-hmm. news, that kind of stuff. They say that they've they've interviewed several drivers. Uh, this came out uh, last night. It said that truck drivers say they won't deliver to cities with defunded police departments. You get rid of your police department. And guess what? You're not going to get anything in there. I, I think the sanctuary cities are going to collapse. That's that's what I think. Because if you look at the cities, the sanctuary cities across the U.S., which we never did a podcast on sanctuary cities. Maybe we should. Maybe now's a good time to do it. But with all these cities, they've already pretty much dismantled law and order as it is anyway. I mean, that's the argument that I would make. But it says here that uh, as cities across the country are discussing defunding or disbanding their police departments, truck drivers are voicing concerns of safety, which you should be, because let me explain to you how it works in some of these third world countries where they don't have police that are run by the armed gangs that you're going to see and like you're seeing in Seattle. This is what's going to happen. You take a delivery and you let's say you're a truck driver, you take a delivery and you go into a city, you get to that checkpoint and you're paying that particular gang or that group for protection to get your delivery through. And then you're paying for that escort in and out. And so, you know, that, I mean, that's what it is. So I don't blame the truck drivers for saying, hey, look, you know, if that's if that's how it's going to be, then we're not going to make these deliveries and the cities will starve. The cities will starve. That's how it will be. People will leave. I agree with you that, yeah, maybe you just need to go in and blockade. Why, why aren't we doing that anyway? Why they, they claim to have, quote, seceded from the U.S. Well, can't we just like put sanctions on them or something? <laughs> can't we do that? Say, look, but we're not going to give you any food. We're not going to give you any. I mean, the, the conditions will deteriorate rapidly in there and people will leave. They don't have enough topsoil to be able to, you know, with their water. I think what they have one watering can in there. And, and some yeah. topsoil. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you can. I don't think you can feed the community on that, especially if you haven't tilled the ground, you idiots. So yeah, what what do you think about just simply what these truck drivers are talking about? They're not going to deliver to the cities with the defunded police departments. Honestly, I do not blame them one bit. I would take the same stance. If you're not going to have law enforcement, if you're not going to ensure the safety of citizens, then. My business, you know, if you're a truck driver and you own your own truck, for example, yeah, I'm not taking my truck in there. Nope, not doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of their responses, right? This is a poll that was put out on their CDL Life app. So all truck drivers are, you know, m- most truck drivers are actually into this. And they had the poll posted and they talk amongst themselves, forums and things like that. And they say, I'm just going to read some of their responses. If something, this is, 77%, this is the poll they took, 77% of drivers say they will refuse loads to cities with disbanded or defunded police departments. And here's some of their responses. If something was to happen and you have to take matters into your own hands, then you risk being prosecuted for protecting yourself. Absolutely right. Under this system, yeah. under this uh, communist Marxist system that they want to bring in, you are the criminal for defending yourself. That's how it works. This is why they want prisons opened up so they can put you in jail for taking action yourself. That's the point. Next response. This is not an area you need to act fearless and think you'd look like a fool for saying no. Imagine what kind of fool you look like for driving into a hot spot and putting your life in danger. Another response. Simple. We may not like it all the time, but laws and order are necessary. I will not deliver to an area with a disbanded police department. My life matters and I do this for my family. We're already at the mercy of these towns and cities with laws and hate against us for parking or getting a meal or even using a restroom. True. True. I didn't even think about that. The COVID stuff. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, most places we already go to can be dicey, and about the only time you see a cop is when the lights are on, lights are on behind you. Yeah, that's true. For my own safety and my security of my customers' loads, I've already informed my dispatcher that I will refuse all loads to cities that have defunded their police departments. So, see, even the truck drivers, the people that are the backbone of the supply chain, the lifeblood of these cities to deliver the goods to the stores that you shop at, they won't go there. Those supply lines will dry up with these sick degenerates in power in these cities. The supply lines will dry up. And then what are you going to do? If you live under one of these uh, th- these anarchy systems, if you live under that, then you'll starve. I'm talking to people now that are in, these, in some of these cities, uh, cities in California, cities in Washington, cities in Oregon. Portland's is Portland's next on the on the thing. People in New York, they're looking to sell their houses. Yesterday, they're looking to sell their houses. I mean, they're they're actively shopping for houses in other states right now. So if you're in one of these states and you're in one of these cities, I would highly recommend and if you've got these groups and you've got complicit people in the cities that are, that are calling for this, then I would highly recommend that you consider very strongly moving. Now, that's my advice. Let's jump down to Chicago. What's going on in Chicago? Not all that different from what's going on in Seattle. Not all that different from what's going on What's going on in Minneapolis. Uh, Bruce, you dug this clip up. Thank you very much for doing that. This is, a, um, this is a clip of a phone call from, it was a conference call, I believe, right? It was a, it was a conference call? Yeah, I believe it was a conference call. I, I think it was multiple uh, city council uh, as well mm-hmm. as the mayor. Okay. This is a Chicago alderman, which is a city council member. Uh, And and for his district, he's voicing his concerns. I want you to listen to this guy. He's voicing his concerns for what's going on currently in his district, in his ward. And he's voicing his concerns to Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. I want you to hear this. Half our neighborhoods are already obliterated. It's too late. We have to come up with a better plan because once my fear is once they're done looting and rioting and whatever's going to happen tonight, God help us. What happens when they start going after residents going into the neighborhoods? Once they start trying to break down people's doors who they think they got something or, you know, we know that people are here to antagonize and incite and you've got them all pumped tonight. Today, they're not going to go to bed at eight o'clock. They're going to turn their focus in the neighborhoods. I've got gangbangers with AK-47s walking around right now, just waiting to settle some scores. What are we going to do? I think you're 100% full of what I think. If you think well, we No offense, we'll you then. Who are you, you to tell me I'm friends. full of And if you think, if you think we were not ready and we stood by and let the neighborhood go up, there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. Well, maybe you should come out of and see what's going on. the stupidest thing I have ever heard. I understand you want to preen. I understand that you think that you Mayor, you need to check your attitude. So here here you've got here here you've got a, a Chicago alderman voicing his concern who's on the ground every day with his constituents, his business owners, his community members. He's elected, he's from that community, he's there to represent them and to voice his concerns at the mayor's office about what's going on in his district and what they need to do to get conditions improved. You heard him saying most of the businesses have already been smashed out, looted, burned out, all of it. They're gone. And now you've got gangbangers out there, as he said, walking around with AK-47s in his neighborhood right now. Right now, they they still have police. And you've got people out there with scores to settle, as he said. So the city's been given an 8 p.m. curfew, as as he put it. city's been given an 8 p.m. curfew by the, the mayor, the good mayor out there. Right. The good do nothing. An 8 p.m. curfew because 
gangbangers and thugs are going to abide by curfews, right? Right. They're going to pay attention mm-hmm. to that. They're going to abide by the curfews. What world are you idiots living in? I said it. I've been saying it and I'll say it again. These people have made their decision. They are no longer interested in serving the United States or its principles. Not at all. They've made their choice. They're on the other side against we the people. That's where they're at. She then has the audacity to blow off his answer. And he's demanding that she give him an answer. And she turns around and tells him that he's full of it. Saying that, well, what did you, what did you think? We just stood by. Yes, you stood by. You're standing by now. She says, well, you're questioning my intelligence. Lady, you don't have a lick of intelligence as far as I can tell, just as a concerned citizen looking at you. I feel sorry for the people of Chicago. I I know people in Chicago. I I worked in Chicago for a while. It's a great city. Great people. They deserve better. And you're certainly not it. I don't know. How how does this piece of trash even get elected? How do these people get elected? How? I don't understand it. I, I understand that there's vote fraud, but I mean, vote fraud on that big of a scale to get these pieces of trash in there? What I mean, how how far have we fallen to put these types of individuals in there? Honestly, she's playing into the whole I usually don't care about it either. But because these mayors and whatnot are taking the stance with Black Lives Matter and some of these other organizations like Antifa and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, I tend to have a problem with them now. And it's not race based. It's the stances that they're taking. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it's just well, I I, th- I can't comprehend why. As a well-meaning, you know, elected official, why you would come to the conclusion of not sending in the police to help, you know, the citizens there, the businesses that are getting burned down. And the do you not understand that uh, I, now I'm pretty sure she was begging like Walmart and Target and what uh, to not leave their city. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm actually for Target and Walmart and some of these other businesses to leave the city because you did not take action. You would not protect these people and these businesses. So, okay, why, why should I do business there? You, you've clearly yeah. stated your stance. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't, um, I, I don't understand how they can, how they can sit there. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm looking at it from a sense of, have you people no shame? None. I mean, do you, do you really not have any, any empathy whatsoever? Is it that deep with you people? Is it that bad? I mean, I know that it's I know it's pretty bad, but is it so awful that you have to turn your back on your own people? Who are you proving yourself to? You proving yourself to your compatriots over there in Beijing? Is that what you're doing? You proving yourself to the Democrat Party? You know, those people don't care about you. Now, those people don't care about anybody. Nearest I can tell. All they do is play a bunch of pandering games. So who are you doing it for? Anyway, uh, Seattle. We'll round off on Seattle here. So the Seattle protesters negotiate over leaving the autonomous zone. So Black Lives Matter protesters negotiated with several local officials Friday over their terms for leaving a six block area that they have controlled for most of the week. So the occupation of what's become known as CHAZ, right, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. After activists swarmed the area where the police abandoned, they spray-painted graffiti and political slogans all over streets and buildings. They set up tents in the gutters and taking over an adjoining city park, which, you know, I'm sorry, but um, that's public land. I mean, water cannons, hello. Uh, The police station was renamed the Seattle People Department. 
On Thursday night, activists danced in front of it to rap music. You see the degeneracy of our culture. If there is no police, then there is no problem. Fakadu Shibishi, an immigrant from Ethiopia, nothing against immigrants from Ethiopia, uh, he said as he surveyed the festive scene, they've turned around and they said that organizers say thousands of people are living in the autonomous zone and though many only spend some time there before returning to their home. See, they go down there during the day, they realize how hideous it is and then they leave. It's a temporary occupation until we get our demands met which was uh, comes from uh, Jessica Kilpatrick, a BLM spokeswoman. The city mayor has pledged to invest at least 100 million directly into minority communities and to establish a community-driven black commission. The city council is also examining the police budget. Why are you even examining the police budget? But anyway, uh, they're, they're looking at uh, they're looking at now vacating if they get their demands met, which we went over the demands yesterday. What do you think, Bruce? You think they're going to leave? You think you think if they get some of their demands met, they'll uh, they'll pack it in? That's a good question. I guess maybe I can't see them giving into those demands. That, well, the mayor might and the council. But as far as the, the police, uh, from what I can tell of the police chief, she really does care about that area and the people there and law and order. I mean, obviously she would care about law and order or she wouldn't be a police chief. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if they would give that. That 50% of their budget would have to go to the black community. So I don't know if they would yeah. if they would pull out. I don't know. But uh, look, you know, conditions in there are just getting worse by the day. Uh, what's going on with businesses in there? Now, a lot of those businesses, they've already muscled out. So anyway, uh, like I said, the uh, the conditions out there, man, it's just it's um, it's pretty bad. So, I mean, we as we were talking, I wouldn't appease them at all. I wouldn't give them anything. I would blockade it, as you said, block, just blockade it, seal it off and say, look, you know, we'll let you out. But no one else is going back in and don't give them any supplies. Did you see the list of supplies that they wanted? <laughs> yeah, the, the vegan supplies. Yeah, that. But there was also some other stuff. Fruits and vegetables. This is a list of some of the things that they actually want, right? Now, these are the so-called you know markets and things that they've opened up. So they say that they need, right? This is what they're asking for. They need napkins. They need Gatorade, for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Hot food. I mean, I'm what do you be specific? Hot food. Okay, all right. What? You want meals on wheels? Is that what you want? Toiletries. Camping supplies, you know, they need tents to, to, to sleep out there. Hairbrushes, they need pet bowls, I guess for the people that have dogs and things. They want hot coffee and they want soda. Those are some of the things they want. They also want sleeping bags, skin cream, body wash, cigarettes, <laughs> lighters, sleeping pads, camping equipment, and it looks like, uh, oh, and pizza. They want pizza. So that's, um, that's what they're asking for. So let me get this straight. You idiots took over what is it, eight blocks now? They, they took over six to eight blocks of a city. You wall it off, say you've seceded from the U.S., and then you want the so-called country outside of it to give you these things. You people don't make any sense. You make no sense. What is it you expect? Well, so let me, I, I'm just trying to understand. They've looted all the stores. They've smashed all that stuff. The ones that are there now are being extorted, the ones that are allowed to stay, the ones that have been muscled out. They're being extorted. They're saying, you know, pay money. And so, they don't have any of these supplies. What do they What do they expect to do? I guess you're taking a crack at some kind of agriculture, right, Bruce? You pointed that out yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't exactly think that's going to land you um, any of this other stuff that you're that you're wanting there. So they also say that they want bottled water, bok choy, which I'm not sure what that is, fresh eggs, batteries, pet supplies, etc. Yeah, okay, all right. They, yeah, that's, that's some of the other things they want. And they say they will accept uh, pizza deliveries but they won't take any cash donations. I, I, why, why would you? Okay. So anyway. Um, by the way, that's that's like 
Chinese lettuce, by the way, or cabbage. Is that what that is? Bok choy. Okay. So bok choy, I, that, yeah. I guess does that, that goes along with like vegan meat substitutes and soy products. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes in that Asian, yeah, yeah. Asian foods and whatnot. Sure. It's actually I'm pretty wondering, good, by the way. I'm wondering, I'll have to try it one of these days. I'm wondering if, uh, if you're going to start to see semi trucks that are paid for by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation show up to these people. Just, I just thought I'd throw that out there. So let's round off on some election news, shall we? Joe Biden is still running, right? As far as I know, he's still running. Yes. Yeah. As far as it, yeah. I, I mean, there's not been any talks of replacing him or anything. He's still on okay. the uh, bunkered campaign trail. Uh huh. Yeah. It, apparently, what what Trump was saying this is he set up his own autonomous zone down in this basement or something. I mean, that's that's kind of how he put it. But the VP candidate, right? This is the uh, this is the new the new talking point. The VP candidate needs to be on a strong footing, right? Kamala Harris mm-hmm. is the one that's being pushed at the moment, saying that Biden is under intensifying pressure to choose a black woman in the middle of a national debate over race. The only people that are making this a national debate over race are the Democrat Party. They're the only yeah. ones. No one else is doing yeah. it. There is not a national debate. It's a one-sided browbeating is what it is. What about her? What about her? She's radical. She She's certainly radical. But what do you think about her? Yeah, she's radical. She's was also one of the more... Um, this is this is why I don't like politics in the way this is. She was the most against Biden, right? She had some great gotcha moments in the debates, but then to be the VP candidate, I mean, it just I don't know. I, I don't like the the whole politics thing. Well, would you rather have uh, Stacey Abrams? Yeah, would you rather have Stacey Abrams? I would rather not have any of the Democrat candidates. <laughs> You'd rather not personally. have any of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I think Kamala is probably the be- especially in light of all of the race nonsense going on right now that's probably going to be his best best bet mainly uh as well he's also said he was going to have a, a, a woman vice president so well it says here that uh, they're also considering two others when i say they i'm talking about the democrat party because that's who's going to pick it it's not going to be joe biden they're picking uh well they're speculating two other african-american women right now florida representative val demings a former orlando police chief and atlanta mayor keisha lance bottoms who uh, whose city was hit by protests, riots, actually. But yeah, those are the they're other two that they're considering. They're, they're right. not considering the woman that lost the governor, Stacey Abrams. Is it Stacey Abrams? Okay, I, yeah, I, I totally. She, the one that used to be the next was. governor of Georgia, but she, uh, yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> lost, she, yeah. Um, yeah, she lost, but she didn't actually lose. She, she she lost, but according to her, she didn't actually lose. So ah, mm-hmm. to this day, I don't think she's conceded yet. But yeah, those are the other people that they're uh, that they're considering. So we shall see. I don't know. This uh, three ring circus will just continue on, I suppose. But anyway. All right. Um, I think that's all we have time for today. I want to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you for taking the time to sit down today, Bruce. I did speak to GP a little bit ago. He says that he will be joining us tomorrow. He's in the process of taking care of some things at the moment, but he will be available and around tomorrow, hopefully. So, I mean, you know how that is with him. But please mm-hmm. do give us a follow on social media as well. Uh, if you haven't already, if you're interested in following us on social media, we are on the platform called Parlor. We are not on Facebook. We are not on Twitter. We're not on Instagram, any of that stuff because of how those platforms are to their people. We just don't appreciate that. So we are on the alternative platforms. Uh, Like I said, we're on Parler, which is essentially, it's like Twitter. It's free in the App Store, free in the Play Store, whatever it is you use on Android or Apple. You can join us there. You can follow myself. You can follow me at janderson3. You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. 
you can't follow Bruce, unfortunately, because Bruce doesn't like social media. Of course, I don't either. I can't stand it. But maybe one of these days, right? Anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe eventually. Yeah. All right. So thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 